Go ahead. Good afternoon, and welcome to the council. I'm your host, Charlie Pacello, and we are here at KUHS Denver Radio TV, broadcasting music and fantastic shows all around Colorado, the United States, and the world. Uh, this show is all about uh, healing from trauma. About uh, It's dedicated to the renewal and restoration of the soul from people who've experienced war trauma, childhood trauma, uh, abuse, rape, domestic violence, uh, and people who are experiencing the displacement from their homes and location and, and genocide. Uh, and we're looking for deeper meanings and truths uh, to understand what it means to be a part of this human experience. And uh, today's show is going to be a little bit different than the other few that I've had already. Uh, we're going to be going a little bit deeper into the genocide that's happening in, in the Middle East. Um, we want to be able to you know, give this place, uh, this show, an opportunity for people who don't have a voice to speak. Um, it's important that we recognize that we're all one. Uh, when you fundamentally come down to it, we're, we're all part of the, this human experience. And the more we can share those experiences and hear and understand each other and be able to tolerate and, and, and allow people the opportunity to express uh, religious faith however they want to experience it. It's all one path up to the same God and uh, people who are being persecuted for their faith, no matter what faith it may be, it needs to be addressed right away. And so that's what this, uh, this show is going to be about. It's, it's more about learning and understanding and uh, hearing about uh, some of the things that are going on in the Middle East right now. Uh, a couple quick announcements before we go into this. Um, you know, we're, we're looking for, still looking for sponsors for this show. If you believe in the content of the show and what it's all about, uh, please, please contact me at my website, which is www.charliepacello.com. Again, that's charliepacello.com and uh, or you can twitter me at, at charliepacello and uh, also email me at charlespacello at gmail.com that's, again that's charlespacello at gmail.com this is such an important show we are reaching to people all over the world it's, it's, it's incredible and you could be just by helping to support the show you could be helping to save lives and to restore hope for people who've lost hope who, who this may be the only resource that they have out there so I, i'm i'm pleading with you out there to just to, if whatever you can support uh just to keep this show going it's so important uh i believe in it with all my heart and i want to help as many people as i possibly can around the world so um, please, if you can, reach to, again, reach out to me at www.charliepacello.com. Again, that's charliepacello.com. The next show following this show is going to be on November 10th. And I have a very special guest. It's right there around Veterans Day. And we are going to be having retired Lieutenant Colonel Special Forces Paul Henderson on this show. I can't wait to have him on here. He's going to share some of his experiences in Vietnam. And uh, just talking about the warrior's return as, again, from, uh, you know, two officers speaking about it and why it is so valuable. So stay tuned and, and, uh, for November 10th and our next show after this one. And now let's go ahead and get moving on, on the show for today. Um, you know, I remember when I was uh, growing up and reading about the, uh, the Armenian genocide uh, that happened in 1915 and, uh, you know, hearing the suffering of the peoples that were, uh, you know, being displaced from their homes and their location and their, and their ancestral homes. I mean, these were people who were 
uh, that had to, to leave and, and brutally, were, were brutally murdered and, and, and killed uh, just for their faith. And, uh, and then we also had the Holocaust uh, in, in, uh, in Germany with uh, the, the Jewish population and all the millions of people that were sent to their death uh, just because of their faith and what they believed in, and, uh, and all these atrocities that happened uh, even in, in the close of the 20th century with the genocide that happened in Rwanda where uh, Hutsis and Tutsis, Tutsis and Hutus, excuse me, were, were, were in, in this uh, battle against each other and people were slaughtered, just slaughtered for, for their ethnicity and, and for just being from a different tribe. And, and I always wondered what, you know, why can't more people reach out and do something and to help these people? And right now there's a genocide going on in the Middle East that uh, is happening. There, there's also one that's going on in Myanmar with the Muslim uh, uh, people who follow the, uh, the Muslim tradition. And, um, and in the Christian tradition, uh, the Catholic tradition, there's a, there's a brutal genocide that's happening uh, in the Middle East, in, in Syria and Iraq. And uh, right now, I mean, these are just some of the statistics that I can share with you. Um, since the, uh, since the, the conflict, since the war began in, in the, or after 9-11, uh, there's been an ethnic cleansing. Uh, one million uh, Christians have fled in the last 10 years. Uh, they've destroyed relics, heritage, homes, land, their history, their families. Uh, over 60 churches have been burnt in Egypt. Uh, they're cutting all off electricity and water. And people are being brutally murdered for their faith. And... Um, you know, we believe on this show that everybody has a right to love God however they love it, however they love God. Um, we, are, we, we support that, the religious freedom for all peoples in all faiths. And today we're going we're gonna to support those who are the followers of Christ. And uh, when I went into the church uh, that uh, Father Andre, who I'm just about to announce here soon, um, uh, and heard the stories that were going on, I thought, my God, this is something that needs to be shared to the world and to all peoples. And, uh, you know, when I went into this church, it, 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 uh, they go back to the ancient Aramaic language, which for people who, who uh, are Christians, that's, that's the language that, uh, that Christ used at, the, at uh, the Last Supper. And, and there's this hallowed reverence. It's going back to the original source. I mean, this, this, this is before Protestantism and evangelicalism. This is the, the original place where, you know, all this fount of uh, Christianity and Catholicism began. And... Uh, being in touch with that ancient uh, tradition and that original source language was so – I was getting goosebumps just listening to it. And uh, so Father Nandre and I started to establish the, uh, a friendship and we just got back from Washington, D.C., uh, where we talked about uh, the things that are going on there. It was uh, a conference called the um, In Defense of Christians and uh, we were – um, had a beautiful ecumenical uh, service that Father prepared, and with all these uh, heads of uh, the different uh, you know patriarchs and, and cardinals and people that were there from all different faiths that were there, and uh, it was very moving, um, very beautiful. And so let me just introduce Father Andre right now. Here, Father Andre has such a passion for the people in in the Middle East and, and particularly the Christians. He's from originally from Lebanon. 
and he grew up while the uh, war was going on in Lebanon, and uh, so he was bore witness to uh, the, the the atrocities that were happening. And he uh, was able to, as a young man, uh, he joined the monastery, and he became a, a follower of, of Christ. And he uh, devoted himself to helping people to live <coughs> peacefully and in, in in trying to establish some way of helping people to, to get the, the, the medical needs that they need, to get the, the, the religious needs that they need, and to be able to find ways to, uh, to live in harmony with other people so that all people could live together in, in, in a place that is so, means so much to so many different people. And so, you know, I met Father Andre. Here he is sitting next to me. Um, and I uh, just want to allow him an opportunity to, to say a few words before we get going on with uh, <laughs> uh, what uh, St. Rafka's mission is all about. Charlie, thank you so very much, dear um, viewers and listeners. Uh, thank you so very much for joining us. And uh, I do anticipate that you will support and help this beautiful program, the Council. Um, I'm so proud and honored uh, um, having this possibility and coming to your show, Charlie. It means a lot to me. And I pray people will support your mission because you restore life, you restore individuals, and uh, things like this restore a nation and restore a human relationship with God mm -hmm. and with oneself at the same time. Oh, well, thank you, Father. I really appreciate that. I, I, I think we have – we come from uh, – you know, different perspectives, but at the, all doing the same thing, trying to save lives and restore hope to people. Yeah. And with the mission that uh, St. Rafka is doing, it, uh, you know, it just seemed to make sense that we're, we're, we're really on the same team on this. Yeah. You know, you always told me, Father, one good pitch with the new generations is to tell the story. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, the uh, uh, St. Rafka mission of hope and mercy um, is a story of um, a saint, uh, Saint Rafka, her name, Rebecca in English, who in 1860, um, not too long ago, as a matter of fact, um, there was a major genocide and massacres against uh, um, Christians inside Lebanon. And um, on a day, she, even though she had the choice to hi the, the choice to hide, she decided to go outside in a public. Um, area of, of the town basically like a like like a piazza mm -hmm. and uh, a boy was running towards her and he said please hide me they wanna kill me they killed my family and the killing was always with a knife dull knives and slaughter is just horrendous and unfortunately this is what ISIS keeps doing till today mm -hmm. so um, all she did uh, she hid him under her monastic robe uh, being an old kind of conservative nun, she hid him under her, her long robe. And um, the um, people who were leading the massacres came to her and they confused her. Um, they called her Haja or Haji, uh, which means like um, uh, a lady in a Muslim faith, basically. Did you see a pig or an infidel running from here? She said, no, I did not. And then the child was hiding under her robe. She saved that child's life. And, of course, she did not go and uh, badmouth uh, not Muslims, not, it's not a religious um, problem. Mm -hmm. It's a human problem to kill in the name of God sometimes. Um, unfortunately, some religions lead it more so than others. Mm -hmm. and, but that's why we have dialogue. That's why we have shows like yours. That's why we have a place like United States of America where people have religious freedom mm -hmm. to be able to prevent such things from happening mm -hmm. um, and somehow. 
So um, this is a story of St. Ravka Mission of Hope and Mercy. We took it and it became um, the way of life that um, we as an apostolate, we mm -hmm. call it the apostolate of Our Lady of Hope, 501c3, of course, tax exempt for people who like to donate. Our website is uh, savechristianmiddleeast.org, savechristianmiddleeast.org. We take care of the victims of the genocides mm -hmm. um, and the minorities who really were killed, not because they were um, found at the time of a war, but they were targeted because of their religion. Mm -hmm. And this is what I like us to educate the people today in America. We, as St. Ravka Mission of Hope and Mercy, we tell people, watch it. These are not normal victims of war. Mm -hmm. These are people who are targeted. They did not raise arm against anybody. Mm -hmm. They're peaceful people. Mm -hmm. They contribute to the local nations in which they live. Mm -hmm. They abide by um, the variety of, of, of their values that they have and those nations but they were targeted because they were christians they were targeted because they were yazidis they were minorities inside a group a phenomenon of evil theology of hatred and mm -hmm. uh, and violence that they did not agree with so they were killed because of that they believed mm -hmm. in a good god what i find is so amazing is that uh, you know when, on our conference that we went to in in dc that uh, the, the Lebanese have a model that actually enables all the religions to be able to kind of to, to, to live together and, and, and to, to be able to tolerate and, and to actually thrive with one another. And uh, it is actually they, they, they people there seem to have been able to to find a way to that were Muslim brothers and Christian brothers and all other different faiths were able to live together. However, it's not. It's lost under the radar because of the history that Lebanon has had. And back in the 80s, there was the, the war that was going on there. And if many of you may remember that uh, the Marine barracks was destroyed in 1983, there was a, uh, a terrorist bomber that went in there, destroyed the Marine barracks, and it became something that, you know, there was this, this civil war that happened. And so we no longer really paid attention to what was going on in Lebanon. And in the 1950s, Lebanon was known as the jewel of the East. It was a, a, a place that was a, a thriving uh, modern metrop metropolis. Where, it still does. Uh, and it still fact, does. Still yeah, does. it still does. I mean, you see the pictures today. It's absolutely incredible and beautiful. So I think it's just educating people about, you know, uh, what is unique about Lebanon uh, compared to other countries in the Middle East that makes it stand out as a example, an opportunity of what is possible in the Middle East uh, when people are able to find ways to, to, to come together and find solutions so that everybody can live in peace. Well, it's not what's possible as a model or example for the Middle East. Pope John Paul II in 1997, when he visited Lebanon to heal from the civil war mm -hmm. and uh, the war of nations inside Lebanon, actually. We, we as uh, when we were in Lebanon, we always rejected that term. This was not a civil war. Mm -hmm. This was a cold war of nations took place in a land that is known for peace and that is known for consensual democracy. Mm -hmm. You had Muslims, you had the Jews till 1967, you had um, Christians, you have uh, um, secular people mm -hmm. um, of no religious affiliation living together. They found a way to uh, live in one little land that is not even 700 square miles. <laughs> um, it has 17 different religious types and number 17 is the no religious basically. So people who do not believe in anything. 
um, they found a way to live in mutual respect. So Pope John Paul II called Lebanon is a model for peace. It's more than a country. It's a message for peace and um, conviviality mm-hmm. or pluralism uh, for both the East and the West. And of course, Mother Teresa of Calcutta said the same thing mm-hmm. about Lebanon. She said we have to be careful because 21st century um, John Paul II, Mother Teresa, um, and other pl- people said the 21st century was known to head towards a religious fanaticism. There was going to be a major slaughters going on in the name of a god. An evil theology was taking place. In the West, actually, it does exist. Mm-hmm. The tribulation theology, you know, people in uh, certain Christian centers, they preach the end of time, they preach the tribulation against the nations, they preach the destruction of, including Catholic Church, you know, yeah. like uh, everybody has. We, we live in, a, in an era where religious interpretations came to a certain type of of maturity and uh, they wanted to validate themselves and unfortunately they're leading world events towards violence mm-hmm. but not only religion secularism liberalism communism fascism uh, um, atheism they're also leading the world towards the tribulation at the same time mm-hmm. so today humanity is under that big test and Lebanon stands as an example how to overcome all of that mm-hmm. and to make a long story short I think this is what we see in America today the conflict in America is existential the issue is God mm-hmm. the issue is really God in America and of course uh, follow the money and uh, you will use it whether to destroy God or to promote other values and somehow mm-hmm. And uh, it hurts when I see even people, including like you, how, how much embedded you are in the Judeo-Christian traditions and how much open you are to other religions. You end up saying statements like, you know, here in America we can worship any God. But, you know, in reality, no, it doesn't work this way. Because that idea, we can worship any God, um, this is where you have to draw. Where do you draw the line? As people who are worshiping Satan. Does that make them worshiping a God? Mm-hmm. If ISIS worships a God that you could kill in his name and you could slaughter babies, you could rape women, you can take children to sex slavery camps, you can take their guts out, you can slaughter the priests and the monks and the nuns and you rape the nuns yeah. with a dull knife, you kill them. Does that make it like a religion that is permissible? If somebody in the name of Satan requires to take a holy host from a church that is the body of Christ and to fornicate over that holy host, does that make it a religion? Mm. Somewhere in America, we lost, uh, we say, uh, l'échelle, the, um, um, basically, um, where the, 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 uh, the sets of value, where mm. do you stop? Where does evil begin? Mm-hmm. and choices mm-hmm. and how much good we have of choices that we can make mm-hmm. and we have to be careful in that lebanon survived all of that it's mm-hmm. a nation that has all kind of religions it's a government that is democratic and as much as it can be basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it suffers from political powers from religious powers yet at the same time people live in a normal day-to-day life but they did not take god out of the nation they kept god in and they kept him in his identified mm-hmm. nature the mm-hmm. god of abraham mm-hmm. jacob and isaac the father of jesus christ the god of uh, moses of the prophets and the god uh, of the prophet muhammad um, they, they kept the identity clear america it seems today it's not succeeding being able to come to such a result because they have a, 
a latitude in the definition of God and some well, that's I think, dangerous. I think also, though, I mean, you have to you know recognize that uh, you know it is a Christian nation, and uh, but there was a lot of times where the Catholic Church and other churches had 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 lost their moral compass. Yes. Uh, had violated some of the things that, you know, really kept people grounded. You had uh, – uh, so they lost their faith and a lot of things. I lost my faith, you know, when it came – because I was born and raised Catholic. And, uh, you know, I have a, had a strong faith and, uh, you know, it was confirmed. And and, uh, and then I saw and was being, you know, hearing about all the, 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 the pedophilia crisis that was happening within the Catholic Church. And here and, – I mean, these were people – the church, priests – that have a responsibility, and here they were they were they were abusing that, and so I think people lost and they went away from the church because of That's those true. things. And, and so when if if those those people that we've entrusted to guide us on our spiritual veer off and lose that integrity, um, it, it, we then began to question. And I think that was a big problem in America in that you know how can we trust and rely on a church that is saying for us to live or do one thing, and then they weren't quite living up to that creed well first of all these are crimes and no question they Mm -hmm. are crimes they're not moral sins they are actual crimes and they are crimes not only against the humanity but against the truth of god Mm -hmm. god is a protector god is a father god is a a promoter of a family god god loves the family yes and he cherishes those um beautiful uh, boundaries Mm -hmm. within a family um this being said the church is also a church of saints, of martyrs, mm-hmm. of civilization. And um, that's why God uh, established his church to be in some regard universal. Mm-hmm. Because when you have a problem with the church institution, remember you can always rise above it. You can create reform. The church is courageous. You know, they always tell me, um, Father, how, how do you, because I work in a, in a Korea. I, I've mm-hmm. lived in the Vatican, in Lebanon, in America. I've seen the injustices. I've seen many crimes happening. How do you keep your faith? I said this is the, the most amazing context where faith flourishes to begin with. Mm-hmm. Because you look inside the church for the people who are pursuing holiness, pursuing day-to-day to to become living like angels. But, you know, I could stand like you and say, I want to learn from the ugly behavior of the church and reject God and bring Satan. Is that the alternative? That's really the alternative? No. to To do whatever is bad? Or you can lead a reform and keep the sanity and the unity of the family. Mm-hmm. Or, for instance, um, you can look at other examples. I was in Lebanon, and, you know, I lived in caves, and mm-hmm. I wasn't the only child who lived in caves. But, you know, I know people who were allowing to bomb us. The bomb was made in the United States of America, and I became an American citizen. Does that make you bad? No. Does no. that make every citizen in the United States um, responsible for the behavior of a government who allowed murders. Rwanda, 750,000 people were killed, and we did not even shake a finger no. to help them. Does that make the entire nation of America bad? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we know evil happens, and it happens on hands of people who are supposed to protect us. But that's we love freedom, and that's why my mission as an apostle in this nation mm-hmm is to strengthen the conscience of every American individual. So whether we are living in a nation and a government or public officials or administration of public goods or economic powers or teachers and in academia or churches or synagogues or mosques, Mm -hmm. we have to raise more moral values. The moral compass, you're right. Mm -hmm. This is a problem. But But that's the problem between us and them as much as it is a problem between God and them at the same time. Mm -hmm. They are the stewards that God put in the middle. 
but not because of them we have to reject God mm-hmm. or we have to reject the total principle of the goodness of what we can live as an American nation mm-hmm. or as a holy church being in its nature holy. Mm-hmm. So it's, w- 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 and you, you treat a trauma, right? You treat yes, people from, yeah. from issues. Part of the issues are anger, um, mm-hmm. um, uh, unprocessed anger uh, due to the unassimilation of the so much harm being done against us by people who supposedly, they're the ones who want to protect us and love us. How much abuse within families we hear, oh, how much gosh. incest yeah. we hear, how much you, you know, neglect yes. we suffer in our own families sometimes, uh, mm-hmm. how much bad things we get exposed to. Look at the single families issues. Look at the um, uh, choice of aborting a child inside the womb. I mean, why would you want to sue a mom for neglecting her child or a father neglecting their children after birth, whereas they have the total choice by law till now at least or till whenever it was that they could choose to kill that life in a concept, mm-hmm. kill it in a, in, a, in, a, in a womb. See, relativity, relativism is another vice. We need to pay attention. I'm telling you, the problem is I believe in the American conscience. It's the most advanced conscience in the world. I agree with you there. I believe I definitely agree with you there. But it cannot annihilate the clear boundary between what's good, what's morally proper, and what's evil. It cannot Mm -hmm. live in a gray area. It will turn to become an ugly, evil power leading the world to darkness. You are listening uh, to this amazing conversation, this amazing interview on KUHS Denver Radio. We are broadcasting live all around Colorado, Los Angeles, and the world. Uh, And support this radio station. We are uh, leading the edge on the cutting edge of technology. And we're having people from uh, Ankara, Estonia, uh, Gostar Hamadan, uh, Bursa, uh, Kawatiski, Slavsky, Glasgow City, Italy, Queen Creek, Arizona, New York City. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're actually having uh, the world tune in. So, um, you know, I want to kind of steer this uh, into a different direction because I think that, uh, you know, we, we, people need to understand the, what, the beauty that's in Lebanon and, yes. uh, and, and the history that is there for people who are of uh, uh, the children of Abraham and, uh, and uh, of in particular the Christian faith. Um, what is the significance of the, the place of Lebanon? Can you talk about just a little bit about the, the, the origination of, of the Christian faith there? Yes, absolutely. It's biblical. You know, not every country is mentioned in a Bible, uh, whether for its beauty, whether for its cedars of God, its valley, its snow, the flowers, its gardens, its water, um, its beautiful and big, robust animals, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the air and the wind. In the Bible, over 70 mentions of Lebanon and um, its valleys, its mountains, its cedars. People should search that. Mm -hmm. Not every country is mentioned that many times. And every time the Bible wanted to compare God's omnipotence to something on earth, they compared it to God. It's Mm -hmm. his purity, his splendor, uh, his love, his power, um, his his presence, his presence. God lays his feet on the cedars of the mountains of God Mm -hmm. in Lebanon. And when God gets angry, he gets angry all the way up to the highest summits where the cedars of God are planted in the mountains <laughs> of Lebanon. So that, that country is symbolic of a mystical relationship. Mm-hmm. When God wanted to cherish the beauty of the land, 
he always spoke about Lebanon. Mm -hmm. And this is a fact in the Bible. And of course, on the other hand, you see that this is a land that cherished the oldest civilizations in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, there has 10,000-year-old civilizations that passed through that country. It has the oldest military roads up its mountains. The access to the Mediterranean Sea happened always to come through Lebanon because it's the land where the basin of the Mediterranean Sea lands. Mm -hmm. uh, the oldest continuously populated city in the world with its most ancient seaport, where the alphabet, the actual alphabet, the Indo-European alphabet, the Greek um, Latin alphabet that we see today came from Lebanon, was in Byblos, my, my hometown, basically. Mm -hmm. We call it Jebel um, in our language. Uh, the Phoenicians going and to travel all around the world. I think they were the first people that they went and they did not take arms with them in their boats and in their ships. Mm -hmm. They took with them products. They took with them uh, uh, the new red color. They took with them the alphabet. They took with them uh, um, actual the uh, the establishment of uh, the the, uh, the discovery of glass. Mm -hmm. They discovered the glass. They took with them merchandise to the world. They carried an entire civilization. That's why it's not in the nature of a Lebanese person to basically rage war and anger against um, uh, peoples and against other nations. Mm -hmm. That's why they fit in a Bible. They read the essence of the Bible being a message of peace, of love, of mercy, of hope, of joy, a good message, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they were good neighbors to Israel. They were at the time of the um, um, uh, Jewish kingdoms. They were very good neighbors. Jesus and Mary, they used to always come and hang out in the south of Lebanon, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact. Isn't Mary, well, I believe Mary uh, is from Lebanon. Her, that the, those roots are planted yeah, right there. Correct. Isn't correct. Mary's roots yeah. are in Lebanon, yeah. actually, in the south of Lebanon, and her families um, are on the side of Lebanon. That's why uh, the oldest church for Our Lady ever founded in the world in Lebanon. In wow. Mantara, in Our Lady of Mantara, we call it Our Lady of Magdushi, where Mary used to await for her little son, Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. playing. And then when he grew up, he would always come to the neighborhoods of Saida and, and, and Tyre, Sidon and Tyre, and she would always wait for him there. Uh, so wow. there is this history <laughs> and these ancient stories. And, of course, the Muslims came and there was those struggles between us and them. But then they fit and we fit and we conserved, safeguarded Lebanon's identity as a land of a freedom. Religious freedom was a foundational ethic in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. We did not ever want it to be compromised. Unfortunately, in 1960s, um, there was a major fight because of the Muslim population um, anger against uh, the issues between the Palestinians and the Israelis uh, after the um, invasion of Palestine, the mm -hmm. establishment of uh, the nation of Israel. A lot of Muslims blew up at the local Jewish community. So today the Jewish community in Lebanon is actually living in silence between the Christians or it doesn't exist at all. And that's mm -hmm. a very sad event that when the consensual democracy cannot provide the protection for specific minorities, it makes it very hard and very risky. But when you have a nation like United States, a bigger example of pluralism, a bigger example mm -hmm. of a democracy that is not only consensual by means of allowing religions to live, but they established a wall of separation mm -hmm. for the sake of both mm -hmm. healthy boundaries between state and religion. You could be whoever you want, as long as you honor this one nation under God, you know, with liberty and justice to all, basically. Right, right. Um, and this is, this is a perfect example. Well, it's, uh, you know, I, I find that um, 
you know, when you hear stories like this, it, it makes you, it gives it a different context. You're able to identify and say, oh, these, these people actually walked here. These people are actually, you know, they, they, they lived here. They breathed the same air. You were telling me about, uh, you know, when you, you breathe the flowers and the jasmine when you're right. walking there. There's something about the place that is, it, there's a sacredness about it. And when you walk in these ancient lands, it's, uh, it's very sacred. It's very much, it's very palpable in the air. We're not so distant and apart from it. It's it's something that you can feel, and uh, you know I I sometimes um, you know I'm <clears throat> amazed that when you're looking when you're th- looking at the, the branches of Judaism and Christianity and 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 uh, Islam. Islam, and they all come from the same tree, father, the Abraham, same father, Abraham. the same Abraham. That's that's where it comes. I mean and. You think like uh, that there would be some way that we could, you know, be able to see each other as uh, one brother and one sister. One, we're all from that same trunk. I mean, you would think we'd that, be able they, to figure they are, it out. They are brothers and sisters. That's yeah. why when anger happens between brothers and sisters, reconciliation is tougher. Reconciliation uh, is yeah. always a tougher road to take mm-hmm. because harm goes deeper. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. And this is the, I would say this is a consequence of the original sin, even though Jews and Muslims may not believe in original sin. But let's call it the original evil. Somewhere, evil planted the split and division between the brothers and sisters, between mm-hmm. the children of the same family. You know, in the, in the book of Genesis, Abraham was called Abraham, not Abraham. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he had a diminutive name. Abramo means uh, uh, Abo and Ramo means a father of a shoot, father of a root. Mm-hmm. And then when God made the pact uh, in the middle of the book of Genesis after chapter 12 with Abraham, and he called him to be the father of faith. And he said, I will make your seed and your offspring as countable as the stars and the sands of the um, beaches, and you will become fathers of many nations, and therefore your name will become Avraham, the father of many roots, the father of many shoots, basically. And this is the name that we know about Abraham, but it's not his original name. His original (laughs) name is Abraham, like one shoot, one one spring, basically. And then all of a sudden he became Abraham, Mm -hmm. or the father of many shoots. In that category, uh, Judaism has the roots of all of our monotheistic faith in Mm -hmm. God outside of other uh, certain natural religions in Egypt or in Phoenicia at some point. Um, But this was the God of Revelation revealed himself to them first. Mm -hmm. And then Christianity came and it took all of the first covenant and it uh, says uh, Christ as Messiah came, Mm -hmm. his first coming. But it remained faithful to the same first covenant and the second covenant became faith, hope and love, salvation through Jesus Christ as being the personal savior of mankind, basically, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. assuming the sacrifice. Um, And then, uh, of course, uh, with the Prophet Muhammad and his al-Dawah in 621 um, after our Lord, uh, you had a different call, um, a different perspective of the faith of Abraham. And that's the faith of the oneness of God. The Shahada, we call it in Islam, you know, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, I I witness, I confess that there is no God but one God. Mm -hmm. But that by itself, it became a challenge to the multiple facades that Judaism and Christianity have grown in relationship with God. Because we were attacked that we believe in a trinity, for instance, which Mm -hmm. this showed that there is a cultural component that 
presented an impasse that Muslims could not understand. What does it mean for us that we have a three uh, persons and a God had mm -hmm. that they are one God still? So uh, we were attacked of being pluralistic in God. But you know, if this is why they're killing people, what do you do with the Buddhists, for God's sake? They believe in 99 names of mantra right. who are all gods. You know, th there is a risk in this. If you keep saying, no, this is a God, and then because of the al-Shahada, you have a theology of violence and, and a shoot inside Islam that allows the murder of Jews and allows the murders of Christians. Because mm -hmm. in Judaism and Christianity, we call the father Avino. We call him Adonai. We call him Elohim. Even though sometimes um, we, we all say, uh, he is the one God, but we speak the God of gods. We speak the Lord of lords. So mm -hmm. there is still somewhere in a divinity, a lucid area to state in God. There are m multiple areas in God that prove that in a way we see him coming on earth. Mm -hmm. He comes at least in multiple fashions. And those multiple fashions um, are described in a Christianity being God the Father, who's a creator, God the Son, who is the Redeemer, God the Holy Spirit, who is a consoler and a component of unity and love mm -hmm. within the Holy Trinity. Mm -hmm. But he's still one God. And these are the problems. But yes, it is true. We come from the same father of the faith, Abraham. Yes, we do. And, and to me, I think that... Uh yeah, you hit on a component there. I mean, and I think that this is what uh, we're, we're moving into a whole new different uh, a shift in a different paradigm. And that is about love. You know, love. it is uh, if you look at uh, what the, what talks about in the Bible, God is love, you know, and and when you, when you hear about it from Christ, it's, uh, you know, love God with all your heart and love your neighbor yeah. as yourself. And those are the two greatest commandments that he had. If you look at other different traditions um, and you go into the Buddhist tradition, you know, it was about, uh, you know, uh, treating others as the, the way you would want to be treated. I mean, that was the golden rule. And that goes back into uh, to the time of Confucius and, and other places so that these themes seem to – because one of the things that I loved when I was doing my um, – my master's studies work was to find the commonalities, the common themes that underlied every tradition and every religion. And love seems to come up all the time. I mean, you find that and that is just like we it, and it's how do we get to a place where we can love so much that we can see past all of the hatred, all of the wounds, all of the, the, the injuries, the collective histories, the ancestral histories, this, you know, this, this battle that we feel like we have to you know, uh, avenge and, and seek revenge for, our, for what has happened. Is the, the love that, uh, that Christ was talking about and other masters have talked about is, is so deep and it is, it's a fierce love. It's looking beyond. It's seeing beyond. It's courageous love. It's courageous love. It's seeing beyond the, uh, the, the outside, the, the dress of the body and seeing that unique spirit that is in within all of us that is part of God. It's our soul linked to God. Yeah. And, um, and, and I just think that we have to be able to, to, to find ways to, to have that fierce love to be able to, to get through this time so that we can replicate what's going on in Lebanon all well, across the Middle East. You know, the world today's problem is a lack of love. Yeah. Like if, if uh, Sigmund Freud was alive today, I think the world will be, will be in somehow diagnosed of suffering of a worldwide epidemic um, of a um, psychopathic type of a behavior where because of our lack of love, people are looking for desires 
and uh, of expressions of love and that's why you see a lot of sicknesses mm -hmm. and because of the freedom component people are trying to present their ugly feelings and ugly desires as virtues mm -hmm. and that's where there is a problem in the world today yeah. but in, in christianity uh, you know uh, the first encyclical of pope benedict the 16th was deus caritas est mm -hmm. god is love and uh, that's the best definition you can give uh, to the source of all what originated this creation. You know, mm -hmm. I would want to do this job for anything unless I love the people I'm partnering with. Yes. God loved man and woman so much that he created the entire world for our uh, to give us uh, objective of uh, dreams mm -hmm. and accomplishments and self-resilience and uh, self-establishments. We can feel good about creation, not to destroy it, of course. Mm -hmm. And he describes that love as uh, eros, love as philios, and love as caritas. Mm -hmm. And in love as eros, this is a physical love, the touch, the uh, alluding to uh, the component of sexuality that is in, it, in us, the, the need for intimacy, uh, all the way leading to marriage, basically. And then in the philos, it's the love of society, the love of a patria, the love of a family, uh, the love of uh, redeeming your neighbor because you believe in common values mm -hmm. uh, together. And then, of course, there is that Christian love of Deus Caritas Est and um, uh, the agape. And mm -hmm. this is there is no greater, better love than this one laying his life in order to redeem his friends. Yeah. And God's friends approved in the gospel are everybody, including his enemies, because Jesus' last yell on the cross, Father, forgive them their sins, for they do not know what they're doing. So this is the perfect Christian love that we call. I have a recommendation to make for your listeners and the people are viewing us. And, and I cherish programs like this on using Facebook and other social media outlets. This is our opportunity in America. Not to vent our sicknesses and illnesses, but to rise up above mm -hmm. and reach out to a soul that's been buried inside each one of us. We have to rise up to discover the purity of the soul that God placed in us. And on that level, mm -hmm. once we reach that soul, say, how is it proper for me to express my love? Mm -hmm. How is it proper for me and dignifying for my being and my neighbor and my relationship with God and my role and my mission? and my true being to express my love. And many of these moral problems that you see today in the world will mm -hmm. fall on their own, basically. Everybody fits. Everybody has room. Everybody has place. Mm -hmm. Rejection does not exist in love. But also, a multi-part in love, love does not happen in an orgy place, in an orgy type of a form, whether moral or sexual or uh, uh, social or theological orgy. And I'm using it in a proper sense of putting things together that they do not make sense. They do not fit. It's bestial. Mm -hmm. It's evil. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen that way. I encourage that we all grow in a moral imperative that makes us touch and reach back to our soul mm -hmm. and say, what made my soul so deserted that my soul is so estranged from my own being, from my own body, mm -hmm. that my body is a craving dust and earth and darkness and, uh, and, and, and somehow self-inflicted injury, mm -hmm. calling it love, because that's not love. Mm -hmm. We have a lot to do in, in America, but you know, it's the most equipped society, honestly. And of course, I, I'm not undermining Europe. I'm not undermining that in all over mm -hmm. the world, um, in the Middle East, in, in Asia, uh, there are populations that grew up to that level of maturity. They must come together. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I believe that I believe actually majority of the people are that way. I mean, I've, I mean, I've traveled a, a lot of places all around the world. Uh, I've been to Asia. I've been to South America. I've been to all over Europe. And there's, I, I find that uh, throughout all of their challenges and tribulations and, and the things that they have, there is a deep love that they, they have basic fundamental love that they, they cherish their children. They cherish their lives. They, cher- they want good things. They embrace people from all over. I mean, they embraced me who was a, a complete foreigner in these lands without you – know, didn't question you know, what my beliefs were, what my religious background, what my ethnic background. They just embraced. And I think we need to get to a place because a baby doesn't when it's born <laughs> it doesn't uh, it doesn't make any judgments on you it doesn't care what right. you believe <laughs> it does it just sees a face and it smiles and, and if it, it like poops it, yeah. it's a gift it's a gift that's right it's a, a gift baby, if he or she if a baby poops it's a gift <laughs> it's a gift when you, you know. do and yes and um you know i i think that we all have that within us we have to be taught to hate we have to be taught to hate Yes, you're giving me opportunity to change, to, to, to reveal a new dimension and, and a complex of what the human relations are all about. Mm-hmm. There is evil. Evil uh, distorts. You know what evil is? Um, for instance, look, Henry is sitting next to us. He's the controller. Mm-hmm. He's a tuner. He makes sure that the listeners are listening to every word. And that the words reaches to them without being distorted. Mm-hmm. At some point, evil came and took Henry's place. It confiscated Henry. Um, it co-opted him. Uh, it pushed him on the side. And then started messing up the um, communication with the listeners. So the listeners who you listed from many countries, and I hope you list them again, even though they speak different languages, they're trying to understand the same message. And they started experiencing a phenomenon of cacophonia. We mm-hmm. call them cacophony. Mm-hmm. Um, means uh, um, they're not listening to the real message. They're actually listening to things that w- if that listener is sitting in uh, uh, Africa and another in Asia, another in America, they're actually feeling aggressive towards one another. It's a fueling mm-hmm. their feelings mm-hmm. against one another. It's not building a consensus of unity, uh, harmony, and a consensus towards meeting mm-hmm. and relationship between them. We need to bring Henry back and the world today. We got to bring it back, Henry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, this is what the problem is. Yeah. You know how you bring him back? Know who your enemy is. Right. No human being is my enemy as a Christian. Mm-hmm. No. The devil is. Right. Is the enemy of all. And he has an originated hate for us. You know why? Because all of us were created by a God of love and who is love. And he created that in his image and likeness. Which um, I want to be able to, and and this is a perfect time where uh, I want to talk about Luke 17, 21, which I think is really important. But I want to make sure that, uh, because it's a perfect launching point to get to that uh, particular verse. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, you know that we are broadcasting from KUHS Denver Radio uh, TV, being broadcast all around the world, Facebook Live, uh, and the greatest shows and the greatest music you can listen to on it. Tune in, support this radio station. It's, uh, it is such a blessing. Uh, 
And we're getting people from India right now, from Germany, from France, from Hanoi and Vietnam. Thank you so much. Uh, from Ankara, Turkey, from St. Petersburg, the Russian Federation, uh, from Spain, Bulgaria, Istanbul, Turkey. It is a blessing. Thank you all for tuning in and for caring so much about uh, the content of the show and what we're here trying to do. That's amazing. <laughs> I salute all of them, and, and I can speak in their languages, but that's not, I'm, I'm not going to do that on, a, um, on your show now. We will, well, we'll do it on, on, on another yeah. show. Uh, I wanted to, just briefly to talk a little bit because we've got about six minutes left of the show uh, to talk about the mission of St. Rafka yes. and so that people can contact you and how to be able – because this is a, a legitimate mission – People get help. They receive the, the, the money that you donate. They get to these people. They have direct – it's – so please uh, let them know and then we'll get to this verse and, uh, and maybe even fit in the miracle that you told me about at the um, – you know, the turning of the statue. I'd love for this audience to hear that too. Well, uh, dear audience, uh, I, I salute you in, in a spirit of love and I pray that your nations – 10 years from now still exist with an integrity of uh, what your cultural, your civic, and uh, your academic, and your legal components, and your government components of being citizens uh, living in honor and in peace and security, safety, and in uh, equal opportunities like we try to live in the United States of America. You will still have them, and we can still contribute together to world peace. And um, today in the world, there are 220 million Christian people persecuted. There are 165 million people on a move and the largest movement of migration, forced migration in the world, whether due to weather-related conditions, and that's environment, and what Pope Francis keeps highlighting, whether to reason of poverty, economic depression, or war, and ethnic problems and problems related to color, to racism, and to religions in certain aspects. These two categories make the world face a human tragedy that is the largest in our human existence. It's called the slavery. This is the real slavery. It's not only slavery partial to color or partial to a certain continent and world, like what happened with unfortunate Africa um, history. No, this is a slavery that takes the heart of a humanity to deprive it from the, re from the right to be happy, to be joyful, uh, to live with dignity, and uh, to make it into a last force without identity, without right to land, without right to a place, without right to a bed, without right to food, without right to hygiene, without right to an actual ID or medical treatment. Therefore, I was called personally by God, and I felt him since my childhood, since the days I lived in a cave that I want to give and make a peace in the world and be an apostle inside nations to feed the people and that through feeding them, reminding the whole world that we are all God's children, the same creator, and none of us is to feel orphaned or deprived or lose hope. Mm -hmm. That's why I call this mission St. Rafka, Mission of Hope and Mercy. We are a 501c3 and our... Uh, legal entity worldwide is known as the Apostolate of Our Lady of Hope. And our website is savechristianmiddleeast.org. And the reason why our mission now is Save a Christian Middle East because it's the religion that's suffering extinction 
total extinction in the Middle East. And that's not right. Not because we don't tend help and, uh, and, and, and aid to anybody else. No. You know, the Catholic Church is one of the largest contributors to the relief of all the people, regardless of color, race, and religion. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have a few minorities in the Middle East who have suffered massacres, genocides, and horrendous ways of rape and murder of human organs, trafficking, and children deprivation from school. For seven, eight years now, we have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of children not being able to go to school. And they are rejected in their homelands. And they are being slaughtered, and they are being kidnapped, and they are being put on crosses. And that's not right. Muslims would not want to do this. Mm -hmm. Jews would not want to suffer this again. You know, we learned from our history. So we ministered charity, hygiene, food, supplies, medical aid emergencies. We provide money, food, shelter, water, medicine to these people on a monthly basis. We have a clear databases. We are in touch with them on daily basis directly from United States to Lebanon. We do it through Lebanon. We also try to help with their education, try to send them back to school. We coach them with spiritual counseling. I have a privilege to say that Charlie will go with me. That's why you need to support him and support his show because I can't afford all of these. He's going to go with us to Lebanon to study the trauma of the children who were liberated from sex slavery camps or slavery camps or experience the trauma of seeing people murdered and killed before their eyes. Build reconciliation spirit so they know the people who killed them, they did not kill them because they are Muslims and because them they were Christians. No, they killed them because unfortunately they betrayed both. The call inside Islam to peace and the call inside the Christianity that we are a people who believe in that same one God, the God of love. Mm -hmm. All of us were betrayed as a people of faith. All of us were betrayed. And unfortunately that inside all of us the devil planted enough seeds to distort our original religion's calls so we can be um, aspects and expressions of the same God of Abraham, the God of love, and the God of life. So this is what we do. The second part is to build awareness through conferences, mass talks, dialogue with government and spiritual leaders, raising awareness, educating people about this platform of massacres and genocide, and to build reconciliation. We are led by the Holy Spirit. We coordinate, train volunteers, and Charlie has been helping me as a spiritual moderator in this regard. Uh, we train those volunteers to help in the operations of our ministry. We back for monetary generosity that allows us to serve as a good Samaritan. The more you give us money, the more people we can give hope and mercy for through our concrete labor and food, hygiene, supplies, and education and healing ministry that we'll try to do. We create events and looking for invitations so invite us to your nations and to your areas. I speak eight languages, and I can understand the 12, and I do research in 12 languages. And, of course, we promote um, the message of uh, uh, I, my personal faith, Mary, the mother of God. And I do not want you to feel, um, if you're not Christian, oppressed by that. No, 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 no. Mary means a lot to everybody. And I'll be happy to open a dialogue to tell you this beautiful Our Lady from whom Jesus came unto us on earth. Who is she as a symbol of, as, as a, symbol of a beautiful, complete motherhood to all of us who are deprived in a generation where single mothers work alone, single fathers work alone, single parents, distorted families, marriage and, 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 and family are being completely destroyed. We have a mother in heaven and she's not here to shove down our throat any dogma. She's here to tell us, I care for you and I want to save you. Again, our mission is based on Our Lady of Fatima's apparition to make a peace 
and a good dialogue between nations and the people in the world. And please, let us take care of the abused, the neglected, the, the, the ones who are being horrified by the way they were treated in this world. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. My name is Father Andre Mahana, and our mission statement you, we just told you about, we save, we aid, we educate, so all the children of Abraham can have a place on this earth, not as their exclusive place, but to reflect to the world that is in search of love, that the God of Abraham is a God of love and of life. Help me, please. Help Charlie and go to our website, savechristianmiddleeast.org. Doing amazing work. Uh, you know, to be it's uh, there's not very often that you have an opportunity that you can really make a difference, that you can really do something that's impactful, that will immediately... Uh, uh, change in effect and save the people that you're, you're, you're donating your time and your money to. And this is one of those causes. And this is the, uh, the people who are in cry and in need of help. And it is the downtrodden. It is the people who are experiencing severe injustices around the world. And uh, so we thank all of you for tuning in and listening to this radio show program. We're going to go over just a little bit. And uh, I want to... I want you to share, if you wouldn't mind, Father, There's, he, he shared with me this experience when, uh, the, uh, of a miracle of, the, of Mother Mary. Yes. Um, and he was actually in the building when this happened. There is this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful statue of uh, the Madonna uh, that's uh, right there in Beirut. And this was during the, the time of the, the, the troubles, right? And they were launching all the rockets and, uh, and they were praying for them not to, to, to bomb the, 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 the statue and the, and the church of, that, of Mother Mary. And a miracle happened. And you were, he was actually right there when it happened. So right. Could you share just real quick yeah. with me? So, uh, you know, one of the responses you could do to a war is definitely uh, pray. And I mean it. You know, people sometimes, they evacuate, they run away, they hide. And we had to do all of this. Others go fight um, um, against the enemy. Um, and remember, Lebanon has nothing to do with offense. Lebanon was defenseless, as a matter of fact. And we as a children were told every Sunday, every night, we would go to the sanctuary of Our Lady of Lebanon in the city of Junia. It's a beautiful bay overlooking the Mediterranean Sea. There is like on a 760 or 80 feet high above sea level on the Mediterranean. That beautiful statue of Our Lady of Lebanon, the Immaculate Conception, was erected in 1904, 1908, finished. And it's the first sanctuary in the Middle East commemorating the dogma of Mary, Mother of God, and her title as Immaculate Conception. It's a dogma that, from which we say God sent his only son to the world to be born not by knowledge of a man to a woman, but from the Holy Spirit and that virgin mother who remained virgin and mother. So in her birth, she was immaculately conceived so Satan could not attack her. And I wish all of us could be immaculately conceived <laughs> that Satan could, because this is the problem. We are open for Satan's attacks. Well, guess what? She was not. Mm -hmm. She was conceived in an immaculate way for our sake to give us hope. So in the early 80s, before the Israeli invasion and before uh, the Palestinians uh, um, started killing, actually, unfortunately, people because of their faith, 
people who are Christians started being slaughtered. Also, Palestinians were being slaughtered, mm-hmm. and there was, it was a mass. It was a mass. People were killing people based on their IDs and on their religion. That sanctuary was symbolic for people who wanted to make a peace mm-hmm. in Lebanon to the point that the enemies were targeting with missiles and with bombs the sanctuary and that statue yeah. of Our Lady of Lebanon. And it was overlooking the ocean of the, Med- the, the Mediterranean Sea, basically. And on the heaviest night of bombing, we're like asked to pray rosaries. And I'm a child, actually, before I went <laughs> to the monastery. And it happened multiple times, the same incident, actually. The statue of Our Lady of Lebanon turned facing Beirut, the south, <laughs> where the actual source of bombs is coming. And, she, and her hands are open. Mm-hmm. And it's like a nine feet tall, uh, what, nine meters, nine yeah. meters tall statue, basically. So I do not know how much is that in feet. And, uh, whoop, and, and so you, you were actually inside the statue praying. Like, people were there. And like, they, we saw her from distance. Right. We were in South Al-Mahabbi in, in a, uh, yeah. Radio Charity, like your studio here. Yeah. And the, the statue turned. And then it turned towards the city of Beirut. And yeah. people saw it from the city, from the city. Wow. The statue turned towards the city of Beirut. And it was like, and, and, and I told you, she's telling them, okay, you want me? Come and get me. <laughs> and no bomb was able to hit that statue. No and of bomb course, was able. And you know who lives in Beirut? Everybody. Everybody. Including the enemy. Yeah. Including the enemies at the time lived in Beirut. And of course, that's God. It's such an amazing story. It's such an amazing – and miracles happen all the time. And if we're just in tune and those big ones – uh, are significant and uh, and deeply, deeply moving and powerful. Uh, we have about three minutes left um, before uh, I can't believe how fast this show went. Um, and uh, it has, I hope you've enjoyed it and have been touched and moved by it. I want to go back to one thing uh, that we talked about. And this is hinting on the, the concept of God in man. And in Luke chapter uh, seventeen twenty one, and he says, Neither shall they say, See here or see there. God is in you. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And to me, what that means is he's not in just... He's not in just you and not in just me. He is in every man. He is in every woman. He is in... It's in all men and all women all around the world. That That is a connection, a true connection that the kingdom of God is within you. And when you can connect to that... You have the power. You have the yes. power to, to change this world to making it a peaceful place. You have the power to choose love over fear. You have the, cho- the power to choose love over hate. You have the power to make this life beautiful and adventurous and wonderful and peaceful and loving and kind and getting to embrace all people and, and embrace our diversities. There's 7 billion people on this planet. We need to embrace that diversity. And God's kingdom is open to all of them. Absolutely. And all of us have visa. We all have the visa. We all have the passport. This is yes. the only this is the only kingdom who will not do no immigration policies to reject anybody. Right. And I'm not I'm not saying about us in America now live in the moment because unfortunately this administration inherited long immigration issues from from every time before it. But you know, I want the people to look for the God's kingdom again. People mm-hmm. lost that desire. Because we have a humanity is not looking for God's kingdom first and that everybody else will be added. That's why the earth is not enough for all of us to live. Mm-hmm. That's why the conspiracy is to destroy nations so only few would live and benefit from the resources of these nations. 
Okay. Uh, we are just about ready to close up here. Um, we have about a minute 30 left, and uh, this has been such an incredible interview. Uh, I'm so grateful, Father, for you taking the time to spend with this audience that's uh, listening and tuning in from uh, around the world. And uh, we have uh, just the last uh, uh, list of people. There's from Thailand, Estonia, Nicaragua. Clarksville, United States, Turkey, Indonesia, Yavlova, Turkey, uh, Uruguay, Brazil. I, I'm sorry, I mispronounced that, but Canada. Brazil, Canada. Uh, it is truly an incredible blessing and honor to be listened and reaching so many people on this show. Um, Next week we are going to, or two weeks from now, we are going to be, uh, you know, having a, uh, a special veteran show. Um, my guest is going to be uh, retired, retired Lieutenant Colonel Paul Henderson, uh, Special Forces. Uh, it should be a fantastic show, and we're going to be again talking about uh, the warrior's return and embracing that warrior spirituality in helping to heal our ancient wounds, our deepest wounds as we're yes. coming back from trauma. And these same processes are, are, are to work with uh, the refugees and the people of Lebanon and all the, all the peoples there who are suffering. And uh, it is our hope, and I know it's uh, Father's hope, is that, and many of you out there listening, that this is, will have an opportunity to heal this world. May you be well. May you be free of pain and suffering. May you be whole. God bless. The Armory performs.